God, we're thankful for just the opportunity it is to come before you to uh, learn from your scripture who we are and who you are. And um, God, we pray this morning that you would encourage us with that truth again. God, our desire is to become more like you each and every day. God, help us to keep our eyes fixed on that calling to keep our eyes um, on you what you endured for us and what you've called us to endure for you that more may come to know you as the savior of the world and to be free from the entanglements of sin that are so pervasive around us God Lord, we pray that you would continue to build this church up as um, a body of believers who disciples and encourages one another and shares your love with those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so, uh, we've been looking at our mission for the last few weeks, uh, the mission being this, that we as Restoration Church want to be a community of people restored to God by Jesus, going together with God's love to Clearwater and the world. Uh, and we've been talking about that uh, middle aspect of that, of what it means to be going together and the values that we hold uh, together as a community in going together, that, that we serve a God who is going, that he has called us to go in the same manner as he did, namely with the sacrificial love of Jesus, uh, that that's expressed in a number of ways through uh, our learning together and doing life together and celebrating Him together as we're doing this morning, uh, praying together and serving together, that we're really on this journey as a community of people growing closer to our Father in heaven. And this mission for us as a church is facilitated in, in my belief in, in, in a few different ways here at Restoration Church, and those are three types of activities that we will always engage in and that we are already engaging in. And those three types of activities are these. We, we're committed to missional outreach. Uh, that is things like Life Tree Cafe, which we're going to talk about some more. We've done that in the past. Jeff, you've been a part of that in the past. We're hoping to bring that back sometime soon. Uh, things like uh, Good News Club at Bel Air, which has made an, uh, a tremendous impact at Bel Air Elementary and, and serving at Bel Air in general. Um, things like Blast Friday and, and building that up and, and being able to reach into our community and part of what our community is doing. These are types of missional outreach that we will always be engaged in and will seek to engage in even more as we grow and as the Lord adds to our numbers. And uh, so that's one type, missional outreach. The second is really core to who we are, community groups. Um, our community group is the place where we get to sit down and talk to each other and encourage one another and pray for each other and dig into the word together. Um, and, and finally, the final area that we uh, facilitate activity is in worship service. We gather together in this service every Sunday morning and, and are able to uh, praise the name of Jesus and learn more about him, encourage each other, pray for each other, fellowship together. And so I see our church as always facilitating those three types of activities, whether missional outreach or expanded community groups or, or uh, worship service or services, Lord willing, you know, um, uh, 
so I see those three things that we'll continue to do as a church, and those are really the expressions of our values of going together and, and being a people that is restored to God. But the fact is, and we touched on this some on Thursday, the value and the impact of these kinds of activities will, only, will, will, will be limited by our ability to follow the Great Commission. <clears throat> the value and impact of these activities will be limited by our ability to follow the Great Commission. Jesus, in the Great Commission, says this to his 11 disciples before he uh, later ascends to heaven. He says this, Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And uh, just so you guys know, we talked about this some on Thursday. The 11 disciples, I actually looked back at a research paper I did 10 years ago on this passage. And I came to the conclusion that it was just the 11 people. So, <laughs> so according to my research in 2009, uh, this was just the 11 that went. Um, anyway, w- when the 11 came, Jesus came and said to these disciples, he's commissioning these disciples to do something. He's commissioning them to take on the kingdom of God, and this is in its expanse, and this is what he says. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We can make lots of activities as a church, and churches are really good at making activities. Uh, we try to, to be as limited in that as we can so we don't burn each other out with just activity. The fact is, the value and impact of activity is when it is centered around people who are becoming more and more like Jesus, people who are following this very commission and following the words of Jesus and saying, this is what I am as a person, this is who we are as a church, and as a result, we gather with purpose to celebrate the name of Jesus, to encourage each other in our faith, and to tell others about that faith that has restored us to our Father in heaven. The value and impact of our activities as a church will be limited by our ability to follow this command. <clears throat> Jesus tells us three things in, this, uh, in these few words. First, he says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All of it. All authority. If they hadn't picked up on it yet, uh, Jesus is going to express it to them explicitly. I mean, obviously, they've come to a mountain, and they're seeing a man they once saw before on a cross who died and was buried, and now is there before him for the first time in their experience. Some don't know what to do with it. Some doubt. Some fall down prostrate in worship. Um, and so he speaks to them and makes it very clear what has happened. What has happened? Well, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. My purpose, my call has been completed. The 
reminded me of this passage in Colossians 1, 15 and following, uh, which tells us a little bit more about Jesus' authority. See, when he came, he came and came as a man and was subject to temptation as a man, was subject to emotional and physical torment just as a man, and he defeated all those things as a man, defeated death, showed that he was God incarnate. He knew from the foundation of the earth that this was what he was going to accomplish. And here he is telling him them he has accomplished it. But Colossians 1, 15 and following says this of him. <clears throat> Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, Jesus... All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. From the foundation of the earth, from the very creation moment, Jesus was set about to accomplish this mission, that all authority in heaven will be given unto him, and all authority on earth would be his. So if they had any doubts when they came to the mountain of Galilee about, about what had occurred, Jesus sets them in order and says, all authority has been given to me. Now the command. Go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Now that all has been given to me, I call you to go. Jesus, the author of all creation, all things, puts the whole advance of the kingdom into these ratty 11 followers. Now, you guys, you guys take care of this now. I'm going to go up to heaven. You guys take care of this church. Go, therefore, and you, 11 disciples, make more disciples. Create more disciples. Make them, form them, shape them, mold them, teach them, make them. Multiply yourselves. Go and make disciples, he says to them. In two ways, which we've uh, talked about. First, baptizing, in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is our 
as we've talked about before, our identification with what Christ has done. Our identification with his death, burial, and resurrection. Submitting to him as our Lord and our Savior. Saying to him, there is nothing I can do to be made clean except identify with what you have already done. And in coming out of the water, I raise to new life and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And as he prayed in John 17, this is what makes us one, that we've attached ourselves to God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in unity perfectly with him. Make disciples, teaching them that it is God's will, the Father's will in heaven, to be completely unified with you through the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son. That your old desires of the flesh would pass away and that your new desires would be in perfect unity with the creator of all things. For whom, through whom, and in whom all things were made. Make disciples by baptizing them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Secondly, how do we make disciples? Teach them. Teach to observe all I've commanded, or, or in other words, teach unto obedience all that I have commanded. Many have attempted to put together lists of things that Jesus commanded in the New Testament, and I, I you know, commend a study of that to you. Uh, Jesus summarizes it very briefly for us and makes it very, very, very simple in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven to 40. They asked Jesus, um, what was the greatest commandment? And Jesus makes it very simple, puts every commandment of his and of the Lord's into two simple phrases. Said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Jesus at other points uh, comes to people and says to them, repent for the kingdom of God is near. He says to them to be like him. I would say that's what this first commandment is about. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. When you realize how holy and set apart God is, how perfect and loving he is, and how much we are not, you follow that same command of Jesus to repent that you might be like your Father in heaven. You shall love the Lord your God all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Teach these disciples to be like God, to love Him with everything you are, with all the talents you're given, all the treasure you're given, all the time you're given to pour out your love to the Lord our God. And second, says this first command is the great and first commandment and the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself put another way you should love your neighbor as much as you love yourself so as much as you long for your own comfort secure your own comfort uh, prepare for your own comfort uh, surround yourself with comfort Do the same for your neighbor. You shall love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. 
On, this, on these commands hang all the law and the prophets. You don't have to memorize even the Ten Commandments, okay, because they all fall right under these. If you love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, guess what? You won't murder them. If you love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, you won't steal from them. If you love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, you won't lie to them. Jesus says, make disciples who will take on my name, who will love God with all that they are, who will love their neighbors as much as they love themselves. calls us to make disciples. When are we to make disciples? Verse 19 again tells us, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. I think a a better rendering of this may be this, as you are going, make disciples. As you are going, when you are going, there's an assumption that you are going in this word. It is not just a command, it is a, 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 an assumption by Jesus that going is going to happen. As you are going, make disciples. When do you make disciples? Every moment of your life. The whole of it. Every day that you wake up and go to work and accomplish the tasks that are before you, you work as though you're working for the Lord. That is discipleship. Every conversation that you uh, come upon, whether at work or outside of work, while you're playing or whether you're uh, with your family, all these conversations, that is discipleship. The family that you are stewarding, that is your discipleship. The friends that you interact with, that is your discipleship. While you are going, each and every single day, discipleship is your life. It's not a scary thing. It's not a systematized thing like we talked about on Thursday. It is your life reflecting the life of Jesus upon all those that the Lord has placed around you. As you are going, it's important to remember that He's not calling you to leave all the time. (laughs) Sometimes we look at this verse and say, well, he's, He's calling us all to go on mission across the world, some, yes, but all are going. Some happen to be physically staying. Some happen to be physically leaving and going to other places. But all of us are going every single day. And as we're going, we make disciples. Of all nations, this truth 
this sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is for all people. There is no distinction between Greek or Jew. And we've seen this gospel do just this. Have impacts in Africa, and South America, in Asia, in Europe. It doesn't matter where you are on the globe. The gospel is taking root and will take root. As you're going, make disciples of all nations. And as you're going, he gives us this promise. I'm with you always to the end of the age. Jesus, to his 11 disciples, tells them, I have all authority in heaven and earth. Now you guys, go make more disciples. The reason we can take on this command that he gave them is that he told them to make more of them, right? He said, make more of yourselves. You guys are disciples, make more of yourselves. And what command are you going to give those disciples that you make? The same one. Continue baptizing, continue teaching unto observance of what I have taught you. And the promise that he gives to them is that, yes, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, and now I'm going to ascend to the Father. So physically, I'm leaving you. But he's not leaving you. He says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Even though physically he will go to heaven, Jesus, who has authority over all things, is with us each and every moment of each and every day. How easy it is for us to forget that. How easy it is for me to pull a double espresso over here and forget that Jesus is like right beside me, hanging out, wondering how that interaction is going to go. How easy it is for us when a child is screaming and not being very obedient at the moment, that Jesus is right there with me, wanting me to take the opportunity to disciple my child in loving response to whatever is happening. How easy it is for us when trials come our way to forget that I am with you always to the end of the age. As you're going, remember, the one who has all authority in heaven and earth is with you and desires in every moment that you have that disciples should be a part of your DNA, a part of your breath, a part of your living. So again, I tell you, we could have lots of activities as a church, and they could be all wonderfully organized around a beautiful vision, which I do think it is, and I believe in it fully. And I've told you before that every pastor that begins a church has to have some sort of idea of what that church is going to look like. And so I've shared that with you, but all of it could be for naught if we individually and we corporately aren't about this, aren't about becoming more like Jesus in every moment that we have aren't about loving our God with all that we are, aren't about loving our neighbors as much as we love ourselves. It could all just be activity. 
without that. The value and impact of our outreach, of our community groups, of our worship services hinges upon us becoming more like Jesus, us submitting ourselves more and more to his way, to the way of sacrificial love, to the way of God in heaven who gave his life on a cross for us. To follow him is to follow in the same manner and give all that we are every single day unto him. As we become more like Jesus, we are able, we are equipped to encourage and strengthen the church. As we become more like Jesus, uh, when you come to community group, you have something to give. You're not just taking. You are taking, but you have something to give as well. Uh, When you come to worship service, you you have something to give. You, You aren't just participating passively. You are a part of a community that is building up one another, encouraging each other. It is vital to our lives that we seek this every day, that we may be able to encourage and strengthen one another. As we become more like Jesus, we will encourage and strengthen each other. And as we become more like Jesus, we will be able to share his love as we are going. Each of us have those around us who are hoping in something of this world to fulfill them. But all of us know and have realized that this world is going to dust. There's nothing in this world to hope on that is eternal. And so we have the opportunity as we become more like Jesus to see those chances to share this eternal hope with those who are around us. The likelihood of us seeing those opportunities around us hinges on us being more like Jesus. Observing what he taught. Submitting ourselves to him. So I challenge us today to be more like Jesus to make disciples, to, to look around at yourself and at those around you that God has sovereignly placed around you and say, God has given me purpose in the relationships that are around me. Lord, how can I pour into my brothers and sisters in Christ? How can I become more like you, Jesus, that, that I could encourage them? God, we are grateful for Jesus. 
what he accomplished for us on the cross. We are thankful that he set his eyes on what was ahead, the joy that was before him. And went to the cross on our behalf. Lord, pray that you would make us into a community of people restored to you by the blood of Jesus. And we pray that as we are going together, we would share the sacrificial love of Jesus with our city and our world. God, we pray that you would convict us of where we need to be more like you. Of how we can grow closer to you. Lord, show us by your spirit how we can love you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. Show us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit how we can love our neighbors as much as we love ourselves. We thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.